We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit podcast. This is Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP. This is Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And today we are so excited. We have a jam-packed show for you guys. As always, we come with the hottest of the hottest health news and info. If you guys have not been or joined our Facebook group, you are missing out. We are having a bomb wellness challenge this month. I mean, we're talking about nutrition labels, tracking your calories, um, different uh, Fridays. Tomorrow's Foodie Friday. Like, it's it's been so dope. Lit. And the response has been amazing. Lit. And this is going to be an amazing segment today. Yes. So our main focus tonight, we are going to be talking about why it is important for you to go to your well visit. Like, I think that people don't understand, well, if I'm well, why? So we are going to answer that question for you guys on tonight. But first, because we have the last couple weeks put lit news on the back burner, because we just had some things that we needed to talk about. So we had Miss Joy Diggs come, and she did an amazing fitness and nutrition interview. And then last week, me and Eve just had to, um, we just had to deal with this R. Kelly situation. And so on today... We are back in action. Back to our regularly scheduled program, and some things just have to be addressed. But we are back to our regular schedule and back bringing you that lit news. Lit news. I have um, a lit news. What is definitely being talked about? Uh, the government shutdown. I oh, know yeah. everyone has been talking about that, and I believe it's going into like day. 22 day 23 foolishness very foolishness so my lit news today is a diabetic federal worker rationed her insulin during the shutdown because debt was scarier than dying wow which is crazy it's crazy when it comes to having the choose between bills and medication which we know it's a world that we live in i see it all the time unfortunately right um but in this case it's not because she doesn't have a job it's because the government is shut down due to i'm not going to say president this foolish man (laughs) due to this foolish man so a lady she's furloughed she's a diabetic and she resorted to rationing her insulin medication because like I said, the thought of debt was just scarier than the thought of dying, which that's pretty scary. It is very, very scary. Um, now in the article, it goes to talk about how she couldn't afford an Emily's bill. Um, she couldn't afford an emergency room bill right now. She said she has more bills coming and she just can't do it. And she was on CNN too, because I saw her. Um, And if you don't know that right now, there's 800,000 federal workers who have not received a paycheck um, 
for their work since December the 22nd. How sway, because I would not be coming to work. <laughs> At all. And this has been the, become the longest um, United States government shutdown in history. Of course. Um, yes. <laughs> and what's scarier was that she said that she only has three vows left. Um, and that's when she started to panic. And she started thinking about, should I skip injection? Um, or maybe should, should she just um, eat one meal every other day? Wow. Yes. And last week, she didn't use her insulin pump at all um, because she was frightened because she only has this little bit of insulin left and she can't afford to get any more insulin because the co-pay is there's so much to unpack here donna like this lady works Mm -hmm. for the government of the united states of america Mm -hmm. these people have not been being paid and that today um some of my coworkers were just talking about like you know some of them are on assistance and get you know like housing assistance and they're just like i hope my landlord doesn't you know, put me out because, you know, the government isn't paying their portion or whatever. Mm-mm. And here's, here, it's a couple things. First off, this government shutdown is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just goes to further show how little the current administration cares about day-to-day people. And it's all about proving a point and ego. Very much. Secondly, the fact that she's having to literally risk her life because she doesn't have enough money and there's not enough resources is disgusting. It's very disgusting. Lastly, this is going to lead into our conversation for next week because as a culture, and when I say the culture, I mean us, the black culture, mm-hmm. we got to stop living paycheck to paycheck. That's you should have money in reserve at least a month, two months. The goal is supposed to be six months. I'm not there mm-hmm. yet. I'm not requiring nobody else to be there yet. But at least a month, two months reserve for when something like this happens. Because let's say the government wasn't shut down. Let's say that you were in an accident. Let's say there's so many other reasons why you could be out of work without pay. Child, we got to stop. But that's okay, because Miss Daisha don't come and get us right next week with our money. We're going to get our money right next week. We we definitely need that. And then um, her blood sugar, I want to say she said a couple days ago, was like triple. I believe Which that. we also know it can cause a lot more other serious issues like mm-hmm. diabetic um, ketoacidosis, yes. a diabetic coma. But the good thing about the story is, let me tell you how my guy works. Won't he do it? Sis set up her GoFundMe <laughs> um, for $300 to get her some insulin to cover the cost of the copay. Sis was able to raise $1,400. That's amazing. Ain't it she has at least, she has Sis can get her about four, four vows. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's good, but it shouldn't have to. Um, yes shouldn't have to be like this and it's unfortunately sad because she's probably not the only person who has run into this issue but like you said we have to do better with managing um our money and I think it you know 
I'm definitely glad that next week we're going to have the segment. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people don't know that financial and healthcare go together, goes hand in hand all the way. Um, that's a big, big, big issue, especially in the elderly population, financial issues and having to pit between, do I want my lights on or do I want to get this medication? Do I want to eat or do I get this medication? So yeah, hopefully the government shut down and over soon. This don't make for, no sense. It don't make no sense. And then for something that you told the people that you somebody gonna else was going to pay for it. And now. Yeah. Oh, we're going to make Mexico pay for it. And <laughs> okay. now the people can't go to work. And now TSA okay. like, I'm not doing nothing here today. Y'all, so Osama going to get flued out with you. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing foolish so yeah risking the whole country and people's lives people laugh so hopefully you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel yeah I'm definitely glad that she got the help that she needed and it just it's so crazy because we were just talking about how this financial segment is like so needed and we're so excited for it next week and then for you to lead off with that story and it's like the the we have this is a prime example as to why we have to stop living paycheck to paycheck like exactly we we can't do it because we are responsible for us you know our taglines like nobody should know you better than you that's your health that's your money that's all of it because gofundme is not is not it is that's not the way we need to be raising money for funerals it's not the way we need to be raising money for our living expenses it's not i'm so glad and so relieved that she was able to get what she needed and then some because that is how God works. Mm-hmm. But we cannot afford to put ourselves in this situation. Furthermore, a lot of these illnesses, hypertension, diabetes, are things that can be prevented. And that's yep. also why we do what we do. You don't have to have diabetes just because your mama has it or because you're, you know, because it, it runs in your family. Yes, genetics can play a role, but a lot of it is lifestyle. Yeah, they're making those healthy lifestyle choices. Yeah, so, girl, who that got me fired up. Let me, girl, who you telling? Let me, this next story ain't gonna do me no better because we talking about vaccines and you already oh, know how Lord, I get. What is going on about vaccines? <laughs> so it is official. Um, the World Health Organization has listed, uh, they come out every year with like their top 10 issues that are impacting um, health and their health threats. And one of the top 10 issues listed on the World Health Organization top health threats of 2019 is these freaking anti-vaxxers wow it is officially a threat (laughs) vaccine hesitancy or anti-vax movement includes people who are reluctant to vaccinate themselves or children even if they have the resources to do so um they so that it threatens the progress that we've made on tackling some vaccine-preventable diseases. And vaccination continues to be one of the most cost-effective ways to avoid disease. Um, it also was added that because of this, um, we've seen like the measles, which was once eradicated, we've seen a 30% increase worldwide. Um, although it's not all the way, you know, it's not only because of anti-vax, but it plays a large role to do with it, especially it being, um, it making a comeback in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it, the World Health Organization stressed that countries that were close to eliminating the disease, they're seeing it back on the rise. It's like, what are we going to need to do? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> for people to start vaccination. And I mean, I... And I mean, I guess it's going to have to take people having to come to Jesus moment because it's a lot of factors, though, with the whole vaccine vaccination thing, because you have a lot of people saying, oh, they're ejecting things into me. Like, Girl, look I at saw the- something <laughs> yesterday. I saw something yesterday where somebody had shared a post and it was like, um, I got a call from they had a bill. Long story short, they were like, there's two separate refrigerators for vaccines. Mm-hmm. One is for Medicaid and one is for private insurance. What mm-hmm. they're giving us? Y'all, it's the same freaking vaccines. It's the same vaccine. It's the same vaccine. So, and, I, so let me, and I was mad because somebody has shared that. And I'm like, this is how this gets started. We are not. And I think I get offended because I am a pediatric nurse practitioner. Like, mm-hmm. what makes you think that I'm out here working in the inner city and injecting people that look like me with something that wouldn't be good for them. So let me ask you a question. Um, So do you think that it is the lack of mistrust Mm -hmm. as minorities in the communities? Because if we go way back, we have Tuskegee. Tuskegee. Right. Um, We have Henrietta Lacks. Right. There's just been so much healthcare. I think there's... I think so much of everything that we deal with definitely comes from, stems from um, things generations before us. You know, even last week when me and Eve were talking about the stuff with R. Kelly and Mm -hmm. how we have, because of like slavery and just everything that the Black man has gone through, we will protect them at all costs, even if that means not protecting ourselves. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it's the healthy thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the vaccines. And I do, I will sit and educate, but I, I think part of it is that part mm-hmm. of some of us just know everything with our Google university degrees and I can, you come to me cause your baby's sick, but then trying to tell me what's wrong, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe in collaborating and you expressing concern to me. And I'm, you know, I'm telling you why we do the things we do and how we do it. I know mm-hmm. everybody doesn't do that, but some of this stuff that gets shared on the internet is absolutely mm-hmm. Yes, there are two separate fridges because private insurance and Medicaid pay us back differently. It's the mm-hmm. same exact vaccines, but there is a program called Vaccines for Children. So mm-hmm. that way kids can get these vaccines even though they don't have the ability to pay. Totally it's- agree. It's the same thing, but yeah, we gotta build. We gotta build Medicaid because if we pull from that private insurance stock, the insurance, mm-hmm. Medicaid is not giving us the money that it really costs mm-hmm. to, to purchase. Vaccines are expensive. I can uh, only imagine. Vaccines are expensive. They they not Medicaid was like so you pull from the wrong. So that's not our problem because we're only allotted so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we they keep track lot numbers, serial numbers, like. If people knew how much work we put into um, making sure that these vaccines are kept appropriately, stored appropriately, mm-hmm. like why would we? Why would we be poisoning kids? But y'all feed y'all yeah. kids McDonald's, and that's poison. <laughs> now we go back up off that. Yeah, if you not- if you feeding your baby McDonald's, you cannot talk to me about these vaccines. You're right. I think we have to totally. 
you know, see more African-American doctors, to be yes, honest. I agree. And individuals like us so that we can feel more comfortable. Because yeah. it's like, for me, like, you know, I try to go to, and I'm sorry, African-American doctors, mm-hmm. um, primary doctor, yeah. um, dentist, just the whole nine. Right. It is different. It's completely mm-hmm. different. I have had patients that didn't know, like they've only seen, you know, um, some of my colleagues and they get put on my schedule and they were like, when you get here? I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I have They'd be to- happy to see, uh, they'd be happy to see somebody like them, because- like them. Can I see you next time? Honey, you can do whatever you like. They do because now in healthcare, we're seeing that and no offense, but we're seeing that it's a lot of foreign doctors mm-hmm. um and even nurses and stuff so i just think is it's good to see more Somebody in the healthcare like, field and i tell them exactly I, you know like i will say and i tell them i'm like look i don't i would never in my life feel comfortable and i let them know like i answer to god first mm-hmm. never in my life would, could i with in good faith and knowing who i have to answer to when i am dead and gone off this planet do something to your baby that would harm like, that would harm them. I said, that's not why I got into this. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And and so this is the conversation that I use, and I'm gonna go ahead and get it. Y'all, vaccines are like your seatbelt. When you get in the car, you do not expect to get into an accident. We know that you are the best driver in the world, but it's the other people around you that can drive crazy and that you have to be worried about. So you put your seatbelt on so you can be safe. And that's how we roll with vaccines. Are vaccines 100% foolproof perfect? No. There's only one thing that's ever been 100% foolproof perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. Okay? You can get into an accident with your seatbelt on, and your seatbelt can snatch you back, can crack a clavicle, can cause some injury, right? So, yeah, nothing is perfect, but you didn't go through the windshield. And that's the same thing with vaccines. You're not going through the windshield. Yes. Your baby may get a fever. Yes, your baby's legs may be sore. Yes, your baby may get, um, we call them like viral exanthems. They get these little weird rashes sometimes, but they don't, it's not an allergic reaction. Sometimes they just get a little rash. These things happen sometimes after vaccines, but your baby is better off with that than them getting the chicken pox because people think that the chicken pox is just a rash. No, an infant younger than the age of, Two, getting the chicken pox increases their risk for stroke. The varicella virus, we call it chicken pox, but it's a virus. The measles, the measles, it's more than a rash. The kid can go deaf. That's why we're so on top of these things. And I think that if people knew that, and like the same way you wear your seatbelt, how many recalls have we had on cars? <laughs> a lot. Exactly. When have you ever seen a recall on a vaccine? I haven't. We go through <laughs> all of these different, like, y'all, there's so many things. Like, I'm not, y'all, this stuff, we do not play. We have the VIR systems, the vaccine adverse event reporting system. We have to report if something happens. You can go look it up. We're not trying to hide if something happens. You can look it up. We have the academy. Um, like the American Academy of um, 
immunization practices, like ASIP, like that goes through all of these things before we bring it to your kids. If y'all knew the kind of stuff that we have to go through <laughs> with these shots and knowing this and knowing that and knowing what's age appropriate, we give them, we stagger them out because certain things are better for certain age groups, like the Bexero, it covers from meningitis B. Meningitis B is seen in college age students. So yeah, you're, we didn't get it as a baby because you're not going to college. We wait until you're 16. All that kind of research goes into it. And so I just think that some of it is the mistrust. Some of it is because some people, some of us just feel like we know, we know everything. Like I've met a couple people, far few and in between, but they're like, you need to do your research. What do you think I did in school? <laughs> what do you think I did? I've done plenty of research. But if you don't want to be open and you don't want to hear, then, you know, we die for lack of knowledge. And I just think it's crazy that now the anti-vaccination movement, like the World Health Organization, that's more than just the U.S. It is the world. (laughs) The whole nation. Yeah, here are some other things that it's on the list with. Air pollution, climate change, Ebola. On the same list with anti-vaxxers, Ebola. Um, dengue. I don't even know what that is. It's a mosquito-borne illness. With, uh, oh, dengue. Dengue. Oh, I thought I was like, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> HIV. Um, like these are some th- these are some huge issues, and it's not that we can't, right? It's like people are like, nah, I ain't doing that. And I feel like it's the like the the hip thing to do. Like I'm woke. Oh, okay. But you still eating McDonald's. Girl, I see so many arguments about vaccine on um Facebook about it's crazy. I see a lot of things, a lot of myths about vaccinations. Yeah, and a lot of it, like I will straight up I will straight up answer anybody's questions. If we had to sit down and talk, if I gotta pull up the peer-reviewed article, but if you're coming from a place where you just think no matter what I show you, I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, I can't help you. Now what I'm not about to do is argue with foolishness because I can't do that because y'all make my head hurt. If you come to me already and you're trying to disprove me, you know, cause people are like, I don't believe in vaccines. Look, vaccines is not a matter of faith. <laughs> it's like, we have research and evidence. I believe in Jesus Christ. That's faith. Faith is substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. No, we've seen these numbers. Like we've seen these diseases be eradicated. We've seen this. So it is not a belief. I don't, I don't believe in that. No, no, no. Don't be blaming this. Oh, I'm a religious example. What? what religion? Because <laughs> Jesus is not telling you not to get your vaccines. He says use wisdom. Uh, I know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I do, think, I do think it's a level of mistrust. I do think that we need more I definitely do. African-American healthcare providers. And we just need more people to be patient, which I really do try. I really do try to take the time. Um, and when we talk about vaccines, I tell the parents, I know half the stuff go over their head when I'm like, Pedirix, and this includes their DTAP, Hep B, and polio. I'm telling you exactly what it is, why we do it. I, we give them handouts from the CDC after every mm-hmm. shot it. It's called a vaccine information sheet or a VIS. You can look these up online yourself. But if you believe that, oh, I don't believe nothing the CDC say. Okay. But when they tell you not to eat that romaine lettuce, you don't eat it. They tell you to vaccinate, and you're like, ah, nah, that's the devil. No. <laughs> nope. It's not. 
Well, hopefully as time grows, continues, continues evolves, um, it will get better. I hope so, man. Because, y'all, honestly, what really scares me, and this is what I tell parents, and this is my last thing, the reason I feel like I am so passionate about it, I used to work in the NICU. There are some kids, and I used to work in a children's hospital. There are some kids that have cancer, that have um, other, um, you know, autoimmune diseases, and they cannot be vaccinated. And they are literally counting on you to, to take the responsibility to vaccinate your child. Um, I was at a symposium, and this nurse practitioner, she's oncology nurse practitioner, so cancer kids. She had a kid beat leukemia, went to school, somebody who didn't vaccinate, brought their child to school with chicken pox. The kid beat leukemia but died from the chicken pox virus because it overtook his system. Wow. There are people, I'm about to cry, like there are kids counting, people counting on us. Vaccinating yourself is the most unselfish thing you can do because somebody else may not be able to do it. How would you feel you'd have been through cancer with your baby and they go to school and get the freaking chicken pox virus and it kills them? Great. Something completely preventable. This stuff makes me angry. And that's why it makes me mad. Not that I, not just because, but because there I see the kids and hear these stories. And I, I taking care of oncology kids. For them to be able to go to school is amazing. They're so happy. They beat cancer. And a little Johnny hippie parent wanted to bring their baby to school with no vaccines and something as simple as the chicken pox kills them. That don't make no sense to me. You know, definitely got to do better and just start reading for our own self and reading up on things. And it, and if you don't know, ask. Yeah. And be careful where you read because everything you read, the shade room is not yeah, where that is true. to get vaccine information. Read some credible room. CDC, um, World Health Organization, some credible sites. Not the shade room. I love, I love Maybe it. Maybe we should get a list of, um, and put them on the, uh, podcast a list of credible health websites actually on our health literacy resource page i don't have a section just for vaccines but i will make that happen this week um with the veers the veers the vis's all of that mm-hmm. stuff i will make um i will update our health literacy resource library with all the vaccine information you ever want that's what i'm going to do in 2019 okay okay amen Okay, I'm off my soapbox, y'all. Let me take a deep breath. Um, I'm not going to cry on today. (laughs) So we are going to jump into our main segment. We are going to be talking about the importance of preventative health. Why you need to be one step ahead of the game. Amen. So as we know, it's it's the beginning of the new year and something that when I was working as a health educator with patients, I always stress my patients to um, do their preventative care screening or your wellness exam, how, how, what I would call it. Um, so you're either here preventative care screening or your wellness exam. So African-Americans are disproportionately burdened by a number of serious illnesses and health conditions. 
So the, the whole goal of preventative care is basically to help our people stay healthy. Um, and the ideal is all about nipping the disease in the butt before it becomes something bigger and lead to a chronic condition. Right. And in return, preventative care also, it really keeps healthcare costs low. Yes. So if we can avoid these high healthcare costs, if we can avoid diabetes, let's do that by doing our wellness exams. Right. So some of the leading cause of death in the United States can be prevented. And there's definitely research to back that up is research all over. CDC is not something that's made up. It's facts. Facts. It, it's, it's facts. It's proven. It's, it's not made up. It's, it's not fake facts. news. <laughs> so this is why I like to say that we as individuals, we need to move from that mindset of sick care, which is, oh, let's treat the person when they already have the condition. Because why do that when we can focus more on primary prevention? Yeah. Chronic condition has been the number one, um, the leading cause of death um, in the United States, according to the CDC, also known as the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, Heart disease and cancers are the nation's top two killers. Yeah. The top two. And honestly, like, not all cancer is preventable, Mm -hmm. right? But the point of the screen is when you go, right, they will, they're, we're doing lab work. We're able to, any little thing that you may notice that has changed slightly, we can address it then. It's not just for, you know, the heck of it. There exactly. are things that we're checking. There are some cancers that are preventable. Mm-hmm. And particularly with my men, um, not, I've worked peds, but I did a, um, a rotation at a urology clinic and mm-hmm. I know that there's like a big thing with men and getting their prostate checked, but that's huge, man. And it's one of the top um, killers of African American men because ain't no man really touching my booty hole. Y'all don't even know what we go through at these well. <laughs> all up in that, okay? But it's just a part of keeping you healthy. Um, but things like not smoking, eating right, you know, with heart disease and high blood pressure, not, you know, managing your diet, a lot of this stuff is preventable. Mhm. Yep. And it's just like, why not go to the doctor? And like you said, even though cancer may not be preventable, but why not catch it in that earlier stage if mm-hmm. you do have cancer instead of waiting to the end where there's nothing that can be done, where the chemo can't help you, mm-hmm. um, radiation. Um, so that's, the, I think, the bigger point that we're trying to make. Um, And just for some statistic, cardiovascular disease, which does include heart disease and strokes, um, is the number one cause of death in the United States, killing nearly 837,000 people each year. Wow. That's almost Which is big. That is, which is big and scary. It's so scary. And then cancer is the second most common cause of death in the U.S., exceeded only by heart disease. And it accounts for nearly one of every four deaths. Wow. Yes. So you have your cancer, your cardiovascular disease, and and a big one, what is preventable, um, is diabetes. Y'all, look, let me tell y'all something. (laughs) I spent last weekend Mm -hmm. three days in this training course. When I tell y'all your health is lit, we, man, when I tell y'all the stuff that we are working on, the diabetes 
movement that we are about to make is about to be so fire. I don't even have other words for it. Let me tell y'all, we are coming for lives. Like we are coming to save lives up in here. It's gonna be dope. Continue. I just like don't know it. <laughs> like y'all just don't know like the fire on the inside of me after doing this course and just like I cannot wait to um to roll this thing out like bruh. It's gonna be super dope. Bruh. Y'all don't D- even know. Dope. Y'all don't even know the stuff that we coming for. Like just we coming for y'all edges and y'all A1Cs. I was just about to say coming for your edges. And your A1Cs. Okay? Okay. Yeah, diabetes is real. A hundred million adults in the United States are living with diabetes or pre-diabetes. Um, and in the U.S., certain um, certain populations are more prone to having a high risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Um, so, for instance... Us- Girl, I was just about to say minorities, us, us African American women. We are at a not African American women, African Americans. Period are at a greater risk for developing diabetes. So this is just a little um, information um, that I wanted to share. Now I am going to let Sharla take the floor so she can give us um, her perspective from the physician side and kind of walk you through what a wellness visit should be um since she is a nurse practitioner and i call oh for her for gosh. everything y'all i'd be calling her and be like girl what vitamins i need to take <laughs> <laughs> What's like what <laughs> like what medicine i need to take? i tell people i do peds but i do have a set adult population of family and friends that i take <laughs> y'all they call me for themselves girl um, y'all better use y'all resources i'm okay. using my resource okay so look guys here's the first thing um when you go for a well visit that is the time where you have every like all of the doctor's attention we literally are allotted more time for well visits because they are all inclusive it's like a resort we go from the root to the tutor. Now, if you come in there, you're like, I'm fine. But you don't tell us about the back pain that you've been having. You don't tell us about the thing that's been bugging you. We do not know. And so what I always tell people is like, you are your greatest advocate, okay? Here Very much. So from a pediatric aspect um, with the kids, we're just going to brush over it lightly. Things that you should expect. We're going to talk about their growth chart where they fall. We're going to talk about their nutrition. If your baby, if your baby is in the greater than 95th percentile, um, they're obese, like they're, they're, they're overweight and obese. We're going to talk about food and nutrition. And, and particularly with people that look like me, I'm like, y'all know we, y'all know we liable for everything. Okay. (laughs) You want to start early. I even tell parents of newborns when you are, you know, when they're four and six months old, when we start introducing these solid foods, hold the sweet potatoes. Please get these babies used to eating vegetables and things that are not as sweet because those things, those habits develop early and you mm-hmm. want them to have healthy habits. And I was like, look, everybody loves hot Cheetos, okay? I'm having <laughs> them into myself. They're full of sodium though. And so that's not something you can have every day. 
We want you to live your life and live your best life, but your best life is not you ending up with diabetes at 20. It's eating in moderation and also altering things. Like, yeah. it's different ways we can eat healthy and it still tastes good. Yes. And we just have to be willing to do that. So we're going to mm -hmm. talk about growth and development as far as their weight, height. Um, there's a growth curve. You can ask to see it. Um, we talk about milestones, developmental milestones, right? So these are the things like if your baby is two and they still haven't walked yet, sis, that's a problem. Come talk to us. There may be something that we're missing. But if you don't come in the increments and you come at the newborn visit and then we don't see you again until the baby eight months and we're supposed to know all why all of these things are going wrong, we don't have a full picture. That's why we have you come in increments because we are tracking milestones, making sure that they're, they're growing appropriately. There's a reason why we do what we do. So with the kids, we're going to go over nutrition, milestones. Um, we give, it's called anticipatory guidance. So basically telling you like, you know, less than two hours of screen time, make sure we're going to the dentist every six months, make sure that, um, you know, right around, we, I start talking about like 10 months, like now's the time to start setting in discipline because the tantrum phase is coming. There are things that we talk to you guys about that are very important and we can track these things. We check um, once they're about four or five, when it's developmentally appropriate, we're checking eyes, we're doing hearing screens at the well visit. All of these things are important. If we need to at that time, if we hear a heart murmur, we'll get your referral to the cardiologist. We'll do all of these things. If you're an asthmatic, we're gonna, we're gonna talk to you not just, well, at your well visit, but then also we want to see you every three months because we need to manage how your asthma is going, how your asthma is doing. So for the kids, we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to talk about vaccines. We're going to, you know, get those ordered and then get them immunized. All of that. That is a lot. A lot <laughs> Anything a lot. that's wrong, it's a well visit. And I do about, I do about 15 minutes a day. I'll be tired. <laughs> I, I mean, sorry. I mean, sorry. my teenagers so here are some things that we screen the teenagers we're doing gonorrhea and chlamydia screens on all of our teenagers i'm talking to them about sexual health this is why i love to tell my teenagers that i will run up on you in school if your mama call me and gives me permission to do so if not you, run up on you in school I tell them, i'm like if your mama call me with her permission if your mama call me and you cutting up I'm running up on you in school. Now, I'm probably the only one in the office that can say that because I look like that. <laughs> but I would tell them, like, don't be out here cutting up and let me find out. Your mama will bring you back to me, and we're going to have a whole conversation. I mean, sometimes you have to meet people on their level and talk yeah, to I them. I do, and it really is about meeting them on their level. And we mm -hmm. talk about sex and boys and girls and you know, I've, I give out condoms, you know, the, these are the times where we have those conversations and we have the time to do it. So a lot of people always complain, like, you know, I go to the doctor, I feel rushed, sis, because when you come in here for uh, your stomach ache, it's not time for me to do a root of the tutor. I'm coming for your stomach ache. And then we can make you a well visit. <laughs> we'll make you a physical where we can go over because literally we don't have, we don't have the time allotted. Mm -hmm. So there's only so much that we can do for a sick visit. That's why your well visit is important. This is when you have the floor. Come with all of your questions. Now, for our adults, me as an adult, I do not see it. Well, I see some adults because I see up to age 21. So mm -hmm. here are some things that um, you can expect. We are going to talk to you, again, weight, 
um, any chronic issues that you may already have, managing your allergies, managing your asthma, if you have it, eczema, um, vision, hearing screen, we're gonna do urine. And um, we also have quality measures or things that we monitor. But see, if you don't come every year, we can't monitor it. So here are some quality measures that we, um, we measure. And this is like the government makes us. Many the things. government. These are things that they're like, we are trying to tackle these things, and these are what's important to us. Blood pressure. Your blood mm -hmm. pressure needs to be one, under 140, under, um, over 90. Your hemoglobin A1C, which is the real way that we check for diabetes, because you mm -hmm. can like, I'm going to act like I'm being good today, not eat. No, <laughs> your hemoglobin A1C is the truth, sis. We want that less than six. We um, monitor asthma control. Even if you come in for a stomach ache, if you have asthma, I have to address it in your visit. You could be in because your big toe hurt, but you got asthma, so let's talk about it and make sure we're managing it appropriately. That's how serious we take asthma. Um, weight control and nutrition. We have to talk about that. Depression. We do depression screens on all of our teenagers. We start at 11. Wow. 11, and you have to. So everything has a percentage rate that we're trying to meet. Immunizations, our facility, we're trying to meet 75% compliance, which is a lot. Other things, we have a little wiggle room. Depression, you, we have to be 100%. Nobody gets missed with the depression screen. If you do, it's a problem. And yeah, I definitely think we they got to start doing those more often, like the depression screen is in. Yeah, so we do them every every time you come in. So every time you come in, if you're over, if you're 11 or older, we're doing a depression screen. That's good. But these are things that we address that we are we are monitoring how we're doing with these things. Are we catching all of our asthmatics? Do we have people that are walking out of here with hemoglobin A1Cs higher than six? And managing those things so and this is a quality measure this is not us collecting calling like honey no we're trying to make sure we're trying to prevent you right so if you come in um all of my teenagers at 11 i send everybody to get a hemoglobin a1c and a lipid panel done some of the parents don't even do it and i tell them like i want to make sure that they don't they're not at risk for heart disease and diabetes some of the parents won't even do it, y'all. And I'm looking to make sure, like, okay, because if you're pre-diabetic, we can work with that. I'm going to have you come back. I'm going to see you nutritionist. We have diabetes um, education courses at our facility. And once you're pre-diabetic, you can stay from being diabetic. Once you get diagnosed as a diabetic, even if your A1C drops back below 6, you're diabetic no matter what. You're just well-controlled. So I try mm -hmm. to people in that pre-diabetes range because we can go back from that. Like, you can be pre-diabetic and then just not be diabetic ever. But it's being you, a diabetic, not fun. Yeah, if you go from pre-diabetic to diabetic, there's no backtracking. Once you've got the label, you got the label. And so we try to catch these things at your well visits. And that's what they're for. That's what they're for. Um... If you're unable to remember all your medication and you have questions, bring that stuff with you. You can either write it down 
or bring it with you because this is your well visit. You need to understand. Um, if you have questions at your well visit, make sure that you have a clear understanding of your plan of care. Don't just say yes. If you do not understand, tell them, I still don't get it. If you, and here are some things that I found too. Y'all, if you can't read, please, like let us know because that's not going to be beneficial when I give you your child's asthma action plan if you can't read it and then you're trying to remember it and you don't understand. We have, we can get you picture versions. We have the resources. We are not, we are here to help you. We are not here to harm you and we are not here to belittle you. We want to empower you. And part of that though, you have to want to be empowered. Um, so we are, like I said, we're allotted more time for the well visits. So now I have time to sit and talk to you. Now I have time to give you the asthma action plan so you know what to do. Um, also, another tip, please drink water before your appointment. Because <laughs> we don't want you passing out. Why are we trying well, we don't to want you people passing trying out, to drop honey, blood? But honey, I'm going to need some PP. And if we need labs, that's going to that's gonna bless your life <laughs> in my life. Because trying to get blood out of dehydrated veins is not a go. So bring your medication with you. Drink plenty of water. Um, staying hydrated helps just in case we want a urine sample or if we're going to get blood. Um, have your questions prepared and write them down. Um, so that way, you know, everything that you've been worried about has been addressed. Now, I can't say that if you have 15 things that we're going to get all that done in the <laughs> but we can at least, you know, hit the highlights and we can always make, okay, look, we didn't get to all your questions today, but let's make a follow-up. Let's come up with a plan of care for these top five and then at your follow-up visit, we'll see how we're doing with our plan of action, and we can continue. Um, if you've been seen in the ER or urgent care since the last time that you've been in the hospital or been uh, to your doctor, bring those papers to us because all the hospital systems are not interconnected. So you know, mm -hmm. you've been to the ER 20 times, you don't even, you don't even care about me. Ma'am, I don't know. Bring your discharge bring your discharge paperwork. Papers. If you go to the ER urgent care, bring those papers. We're not always aware of your, you know, of your ER trips or your admissions. Um, and this is why if you actually read the discharge papers, it says follow up with your physician in 24 hours. And this is why. Mm -hmm. That's why. Not Could be a medication well, change. Better, so why I got to go back to the doctor? No, because we need to know. Because we're going to manage your care. Your mm -hmm. primary care doctor. Not the yeah. ER. The ER is not your primary care doctor. The mm -hmm. ER is overused. And let's just talk about that real quick. If you get mad because you go to the ER and you wait for several hours, it's because it's not an emergency room. It's not. It's not. It's just not. It's not an emergency. You having an ear infection, not an emergency. You having a cold, not an emergency. You having a headache, not an emergency. Now, if you're having chest pain and a headache and you have signs of a stroke, emergency, please go. If it is the weekend or your doctor's office is closed, go to the urgent care. They will do the same thing the emergency department will do, and it will cost you less money, and you won't be there for several hours. People get very irate. I was in here for 12 hours because it wasn't an emergency. Exactly. And it's like if you do go to urgent care and they think it's an emergency, then they'll send you to the Then they'll ER. see you. You've already <laughs> been seen, and because you've already been seen at the, e and, um, at the urgent care, 
you're not gonna have to wait at the emergency department. Mm -hmm. Stop overusing the emergency department. The emergency department is not, oh, my baby got a fever of 101. Give them some Tylenol and make an appointment to come see me in the morning. That that's it. Because when you get you gonna wait there six hours with a crabby baby, you got kids at home, and they are gonna give you some Tylenol <laughs> and you that baby home. And you're gonna be mad. When you can just come see me the next day. So the ER is not your primary care physician. You need to come and see us. They don't understand that though, but they're gonna learn. Y'all gonna learn today. What Kevin Hart said, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. All right, all right. <laughs> so stop overusing the ER. Please, if something is broke, bleeding, busted, ER. If you have an ear infection and it's a Saturday, urgent care. <laughs> like, urgent care. Stay out of the ER. Stung by a bee, urgent care. Stung, <laughs> stung by a whole, like, by a whole fucking <laughs> ER. Huh. Right? Flu, urgent care. The plague, ER. <laughs> oh, please. I just saw something about the bubonic plague, but that's another thing. It's yeah, it's in a cat. I saw yeah. that. So, um, and if it has been a while since you've had your lab work done, you should ask your doctor to give you a slip. And then get the work actually done. Okay, thanks. Because, um, because, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't ask for the slip and then don't get the blood work done. That's Just not going to help nobody. The blood is still in your body, friend. <laughs> so we need you to actually do that so we can get the results um, and we can call you and follow up. Um, so yeah. So just real brief to highlight. Um, bring all the medications if you can't remember them. Drink plenty of water. Have questions ready. Um, any papers for any specialist or you know, urgent care, ER, bring those discharge papers and then request the lab work um, to be done if your doc doctor doesn't bring it up. And if they give, once they give you the, the slip, like actually go do that. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. So preventative care is just that. We want to prevent you from getting sick. Mm -hmm. um, and if something starts changing, if you come back and you have a hemoglobin of A1C of 5.9, we can go, okay, let's start making some interventions. Um, let's change your diet. Let's go see a nutritionist. Let's prevent you from getting diabetes. Exactly. And then for our women, pap smears. Yes. Oh, yeah, the well woman. Please go to your well woman exams. Um, I know of a girl that I went to high school with. She got HPV because um, there's a lot of controversy about the HPV vaccine. She got HPV. HPV is the only sexually transmitted infection. Um, a lot of the times, it, you're asymptomatic, so without symptoms. Um, so no itchy, burning, tingling, foul odor, none of that. You can have none of that. That junk will sit in your cervix for several years. This young lady went in, um, I think she thought she was pregnant or something, and she had cervical cancer. And wow. She wow. Wow. And it came from HPV. She had, she, oh, you're pregnant, but you also have cervical cancer, so. It makes me want to cry. That's super sad. It's super sad, and it's really hard. And, but if you go and get your paps done every year, that's what they're for. Um, to, they scrape some cells and make sure that you don't have any cancerous cells or you don't have anything looking fishy and weird. And they also press on your boobies to make sure 
that you don't have any lumps or bumps. We should be doing, guys. So here's some things you can do at home. Women, a breast self-exam once a month. I always tell period people when you get your period, how do I remember when to do it? Whenever your period comes, if you're like me and then you're on the control of birth, I just pick a day. <laughs> pick a day. Pick a day and look at you. Say, pick a day. I just pick a day. Let's do it. Fun. Uh, like guys, seriously, remember um, when Kim came on and did her segment? That's how she found her lump. She's twenty. She was what twenty something. wasn't even thirty yet. Twenty eight, and she um, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was. She's a nurse. She was doing her breast self exam and found a lump, and it was cancerous. Wow, men. Check your balls, bro. Like they're yours. And um, same thing that we have to do with our breasts. We men should be doing TSEs. So there's BSEs, breast self exams, and TSE, testicular self exam. Making again, making sure that there's no lumps or bumps. Men, I think the prime age for testicular cancer is like late teens, early twenties ish. I think I want to say between twenty and twenty five. So you need to be checking your testicles. Check them up. Y'all don't get periods. So just pick a day. Check them. Check, check them things, man. They're yours. It's, it's your body. And if you, check, if you find a lump, bump, anything, you need to go talk to your doctor. It could be nothing. But can you afford for it to, to be something and you just ignore it? Is your life worth it? Cause you don't want, I don't want nobody looking at my ball. Bruh, we do not care. I tell, I have to do these um, checks with the kids. Mm -hmm. um, And the boys are always so like bashful. And I'm like, bruh, if you knew how many balls I checked today, (laughs) will you please just put your pants on? (laughs) (laughs) On our way. I just need to make sure you don't have a kid. Oh my God. But it's yours. It's your body. Um, So, Make sure that you're doing your own self exams and just knowing when your body is um is having changes up in here, okay? Amazing. I hope y'all feel empowered with all this information. Go so, make your appointment for your preventative exam. ASAP. Well visit for a child, it's a well child check. For an adult, it's a visit. Go do it, please. Thank you. Please, please, please. The management. So, something that I just wanted to touch on. I know when I used to work for United Healthcare, um, there was this thing called Rally for Health. Mm-hmm. And it's basically for employees and their spouses. Um, and they offer different things. So they offer telephonic wellness coaching. Ooh. Um, and you get $125 for doing different challenges. And you can also yeah. um, earn points. Um, give cards and just by doing your preventative care screening at the beginning of the month so um say if your spouse does it and you get it you both get 125 dollars that's dope Um, and a lot of insurances will cover like gyms they um, will they will memberships um places like walgreens they have a rewards program so like if you check your blood pressure every day and you weigh yourself every day you can get points that um equate to um money yep and the when you mentioned gym the silver sneaker so i know that some medicare advantage programs 
um, offer the silver sneakers for free. So I know that yeah. 12 care simply freedom optum. Um, what else? I know it's a couple, couple other of them out there. Care plus mm-hmm. also care plus they'll give you a $50 gift card by just completing, um, four, um, qualifying preventative care activities. So that can be vaccinations, yep. cancer screenings, diabetes screening, depression screenings. Yeah. And um, you're welcome to Medicare visit um, as well. But, you know, if you know someone who works for United Healthcare, definitely tell them to do the rally because I used to do yeah. it a lot. I used to yeah. do challenges. Yep. I was in there getting gift cards. I was getting like gift cards to um, restaurants and stuff. Yes. So, they really we are like cool. That's what's so crazy is everybody thinks the government is trying to kill them. And like y'all, we are literally like, do we have to bribe people to come in and get their paps or what? We we do these things at our work. It's called a pap rally, not a pep rally, but a pap rally. We a pap rally. Please come get y'all paps, please. Please. I don't like that. We have pap rallies. We have the mammo bus. We have all this stuff. Like we just want y'all to please come so y'all can get this taken down, please. Please, I definitely uh, need to find me a good doctor in Jacksonville to get yeah. mine done. Yeah, good, good. You guys, doctors, doctor. you do not have to stay with one if you don't like them. Find you somebody else. Mm-hmm. We're not all so, the providers. Find so you one if, that fits. It is a very personal thing. You are vulnerable. These people are gonna meet you when you're when you're vulnerable. I found um, my OBGYN. I love her. She's a brown girl just like me. I love her. She gonna deliver my babies. Okay, I drive forty five minutes because we move, and I drive forty five minutes to see her. I do not care because she is so good. But <laughs> I don't care. I'm gonna drive forty five minutes to come see you. Well, if anyone know an OBGYN in the Jacksonville area, I'll let you know. I'll find. I'm gonna find you one. I'm gonna hit your girl up. up. I'm gonna because I up. need one. Go because you need to go get that well woman done. I'm waiting for my insurance to kick in, though. <laughs> okay, that's smart because you don't want to. But okay. So also, speaking of my insurance, don't kick in until February because you know I just all right. A new job, don't be so. but you February one. You better do yeah, it. Yeah, February. I'm gonna find me a doctor and stuff because when I left the other job, my insurance turned off December, and so my other job was like my insurance don't kick in until um. February, so I ain't, okay, so I'm gonna go get it done. Right. Also, yeah, guys, girl. don't forget your preventative care, thanks to the one, my president, your president, Barack Hussein Obama, <laughs> in the Affordable Care Act, your insurance, there's zero dollar copay for preventative visits. Zero. We don't want your coins. Amen. We don't want your coins for this. Please go. It don't cost you nothing out of pocket for a preventative visit. All preventative visits right now are zero dollars. Um, also, when I was with um, the, I had Cigna, and they also did a program like that. And so um, we got like. We got a scale. They gave us a, a Fitbit. Like they, these help. Call your insurance and find out what preventative care incentives they have for you, um, because they're out there. And so we just want you guys to stay living your best life. Okay. Ain't going. What? But what can we? What about those individuals who come to you and they're like, "Well, I don't have health insurance." 
you don't have health insurance, find you a federally qualified health center. So where I where I work, we see them. Free charge, you still get immunizations. That's what the VFC program is for. For kids who are underinsured or have no insurance. The government reimburses us, not the private healthcare people. That's why there's two fridges, not because we're trying to give the poor kids um, the bubonic plague. That's not it. Because the government reimburses us for that instead of them being responsible. So find you a federally qualified health center. They're in all states. They will see you. I had the other day um, someone come into my office and they were an illegal immigrant from Venezuela. And I took care of them. And that's it. You take care of them. Amazing. The kid I was able to get his shots, everything he needed. You just take care of these. You take care of them. So if you don't have insurance, find you a federally qualified health center. Um, We are out here and we will take care of you regardless of your ability to pay. At our place, we have adults, pediatrics, OBGYN, a chiropractor, the dentist, we have dentistry. We do not have orthodontists, so you can't get your braces for the low low, but you can get regular like filling. So um, a dentist, we have behavioral behavioral health specialists um, in our office and a pharmacy. And you get discounts at the pharmacy if you don't have insurance. We have a program for that. I call those one-stop shops. Yep. We also have a, a program with VSP, which is the vision um like the vision insurance people, which I just found out about today, where we can give you a voucher if you don't have insurance for you to go, and VSP will cover your vision screening and your glasses for a kiddo. That's amazing. That's dope. So there are resources out here. If you want to be healthy, please come see us. Come see us. Whew. Y'all, that was that was a lot. That was good. That, that was, was good. lit. That okay, was lit. so new segment alert. We are no longer doing health wins. Although they were legit and they were great, um, we are going to be doing health highlights. So health highlight is going to be a segment where um, we highlight someone in the community making an impact in health and wellness. And this week is so dope. Woo-woo. So... There's a program called Barbershop Books. Um, It was a program created by a former teacher who saw a student in the barbershop with, um, like, idle time. So he was in the barbershop getting his haircut. He saw one of his students, and the student was just sitting there waiting his turn. Um, The teacher knew that student and knew that his reading um, level was not up to par and just felt like, man, I really wish that he had, you know, a book here to read um, because he could really – use the extra time um, polishing up his reading skills. And so he took that situation um, as a catalyst to provide books around barbershops all over the country for boys um, age four through eight. So according to um, the U.S. Department of Education, more than 85% of black males um, in the fourth grade are not proficient in reading. And there's an increasingly um, global and knowledge-based economy. Poor reading skills among young Black boys um, will produce Black men who are unprepared. 
to compete in the workforce. So there are four factors that contribute to low reading levels among black boys. One, limited access to engaging reading material. Two, the lack of black men and black boys early reading experiences. Three, cultural competent educators. So the same way we need black doctors, we need more black teachers. Um, and uh -huh. four, an, edu an educational system um, that is unresponsive to um, black boys' individual learning needs. So Barbershop Books is out here. It's a, a nonprofit organization, and they are providing these books for free um, to barbershops and getting boys reading. And that is dope as ever. That's definitely dope. Definitely more leaders in the communities like that so that's definitely dope and a good one yes and on that note guys this has been another your health is lit podcast we will holla at you guys next week you don't want to miss it we're talking about that shmoney that shmoney money. good night guys night